What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the good, the bad in Toronto, where we break down all the good and bad in Toronto sports. Mm, I think that made sense. You know what doesn't make sense? Not shaving your balls. Check out the new sponsor of the Not After 30 podcast, smoothmyballs.com. Yes, I words I never thought I would say. Um, check them out, check, uh, smoothmy, smoothmyballs.com slash NA30 or use our promo code NA30 to receive 15% off. No joke, they have a product called the Pube Muncher. If you don't know, <laughs> now you know. It's, uh, it's a clean up your sink and your countertops when all your disgusting pubes float all over. With that being said, thank you so much to smoothmyballs.com for downloading the podcast. What the fuck did I get myself into? All right. <laughs> I'm joined by with Ball Walker on this podcast. We go down on the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, um, goddamn TFC, Wolfpack, anything else in Toronto sports. And yeah, I did say we went down on it. This has been the weirdest intros in a long, long time. Okay. As always, uh, this is After 3 Podcast. What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of Toronto sports? I'm your boy, Anthony L. Hefe, joined by my boy, my homie from Torontoville, Mr. Ball Walker. What's up, baby? How's it going, buddy? Fired up to be here with you. Oh, let's Toronto. go. Let's go, baby. I got the white cloth. Crack that son of a bitch. Let's do this. Ryan Man. Ginger, baby, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Bob and I have been trying to record this podcast for a couple days now, but too much is happening in Toronto sports. If you don't, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the After 30 podcast. This is ep- this subseries is called The Good, The Bad, and Toronto. Everything you need to know about Toronto sports. And yep. no better than these two jabrones to figure it out for you. Bob, how do you feel overall about Toronto sports right now? Uh, the Leafs have given me such a high right now that I'm completely positive, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it man. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter about the other ones, truthfully. You know, it, it's so crazy because... I remember the argument uh, two years ago now, which sounds crazy to say, but 2019, the Raptors run into the championship where people were like, this is now a basketball town until 2021 when the Leafs destroyed every piece of competition they saw all season. It's, this hockey town is brewing, and I think we're all kind of like, we're all like subtly confident, but we're brewing for what big things are going to happen. Well, I mean, we're we're the fans of the dirtiest team in the NHL, apparently. So we're just goons. Yeah. Uh, so when we and can get feels a little good, bit, yeah, when we can get some skill going, beautiful, because we're just pure goons. Or Vancouver and Winnipeg are the biggest fucking crybaby fan bases. But we're yeah. talking Toronto sports. Yes, that's I don't right. Get my hatred for Vancouver. Let's keep the ball rolling when it comes <laughs> to the Leafs. Let's go over some of the things. I mean, we can definitely you can definitely hear more in depth things about the Leafs for leaf edition which we do twice a month and i think the next one's probably going to be the end of the season the regular season because we only got a couple we got eight games left for the leafs so i think that's what's going to happen um but let's just like talk a little bit point points about the leafs obviously first place in the north we all know that already austin matthews almost pretty much a lock for the rocket richard trophy this year which is for leaf fans who have been hungry for an ultra superstar a sniper like this how many failed starts have we had at, like, elite snipers? Sandin was never – I mean, he had an amazing shot, but he was never the sniper that Matthews is. You know, we go back, Jason Blake, Jeff O'Neill, like, these guys who were, like, supposed to be scorers, like, big-time scorers, who never really, like – you never really lit it like Matthews is lighting it right now. 
Yeah, not everybody can handle the pressure of Toronto, the media, the fans, how big this market is. It's, it's the same with Montreal. Um, Matthews is a generational talent. I'm not putting him with Gretzky and Crosby and, and them yet. But what I'm saying is he probably has a chance to be the best Leaf all time when all is said and done, <clears throat> especially if we win a cup. There's just no... I mean, Gilmore wasn't here long enough. You're right about Sundin. Wendell, yeah. as much as I love Wendell, he was never that type of player. So yeah. to have solid this guy, shot, but not a yeah. sniper. You know, yeah. I think the closest comparison, also American, Phil Kessel, who was who was a sniper, but you. I mean, we all know how that panned out. I mean, call it what you will, whether it's Steve Simmons being an asshole in the media or coaching like Wilson, like all these coaches that kind of Kessel went through in his tenure, and then of course having the big contract, but then getting traded. Uh, two seasons into it, kind of crazy. Yeah, I think Kessel, first off, is such a beauty. I always love that guy, and I'll cheer for him. I feel he's the one guy in the NHL where playing hockey is his job. It's, mm. it's not his passion. His passion is golf or whatever else it is that Phil Kessel wants to do. Right. But hockey just makes millions and the paycheck, just because he's right. good. Like, I'm sure he loves hockey. I'm not saying that. but And then with Matthews, Big body knows how to use it. I mean, the awareness, just defensively and offensive. I mean, he's such a, a different level. This team is just fired up on all cylinders. I can't and, and to get hardware from a guy. Let's go. Oh, totally. Let's go, baby. Don't get me too excited. And you know what? The, the other thing, you know, we, we've been talking about in the group chat. Like, if McDavid is the next Gretzky or the coming of Gretzky, then definitely Matthews is in Mario Lemieux to the Wayne Gretzky. You know, a generational talent as well. Just happens to be. Uh, decimal point away from where McDavid is. And McDavid is a really amazing, complete player and hands down the best talent in the world right now. But Matthews isn't really far behind. And as you can see by the goal totals, I mean, really cementing his legacy in Toronto. Let's keep moving on. Um, First round matchup. It's kind of wacky right now for the Leafs. I mean, eight games to go. There could be a little bit of shuffling, but we kind of see where the top four are. But really, like it really all depends on what Montreal wants to do. If they want to make it into the playoffs, it's theirs for the taking. It's not like Calgary's really nipping at them. They had their chance, and it just seems like Calgary won't have the firepower to make it, and Montreal's going to trickle into fourth place, which is crazy. Yeah. First off, <clears throat> we knew it was going to happen. Super pumped that the Leafs clinched playoffs last night. That was just awesome. Um, two nights ago. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, two nights. Is there any... Is there anything about Montreal that scares you? No, if we face them in the playoffs. Like, I think we're a better team. I mean, yeah, Carey Price can turn it on. The thing that scares me is the Leafs becoming the Leafs. I think, right. we'll, I think we'll beat ourselves. We'll force it to go to a game seven, and then we blow game seven. Just typical bullshit like that. But Montreal right now, the head up, the matchup, if it's between them, like, they they don't scare me. Like, Josh Anderson, whatever. Like, they don't – they're supposed to play a physical game. They're not playing that right now. Goaltending suspect. Cole Caulfield, who's supposed to be the next McDavid, hasn't done anything yet. So, yeah. I know, had, I, what, second, two in the preseason? Yeah, we'll, we'll get into those for league yeah. edition. We won't get too deep into it. I, I have to agree. If it's Montreal, the, the only thing that really scares me is a healthy carry price who decides he wants to play. But, well, yeah, a goalie can always just – yeah, and but the thing is, like the diff- big difference this year, it, it will be a seven-game series. So with a seven-game series, can Carey Price keep the firepower that it is Maple Leafs at bay for seven games? The answer is no. I mean, maybe, but but no, it's not going to. And and Jake Allen, I mean, the Leafs just picked him apart, 
and made him look really, 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 really human. So I, I, I don't, and I'm writing the Leafs are, are warming up after their small skid, the, the two losses in, or sorry, the five losses, uh, one point in five games. They are, are, are elevating themselves from that. And it, it seems that they, they go on these little skids where they hit a three or four or five game or even seven game losing streak. And then they rebound with like a 10 game winning streak. And I think the Leafs right now, they're out of all the teams in the North, other than maybe Ottawa, are the only team with confidence right now. Winnipeg just got shelled by the Leafs, got shelled by Edmonton. They are in the dumps. Edmonton's on a surge, but they won't catch the Leafs. So I think the Leafs right now have the most confidence in the North. Yeah, th- this Leafs team is different, man. Like this offense does not give up most nights where you're right. Carey Price can win a game or two uh, for Montreal, but I think we're way better defensively that we're not going to blow the game as badly as we have. And I think we have enough veteran presence and enough lines that keep rolling forward over each other that um, we're just going to continually score and play hard. So I, I'm fired up and counterpoint uh, or not counterpoint, but side point Sandine has looked fucking bomb. Totally. And you know what? A welcome addition. And I, I was listening to some guys earlier today talk about how Sandine looks like Morgan Riley early on which I don't know how to feel about that. But to be honest, I feel like he's playing with much more confidence. Not that the Leafs super rushed Riley into the lineup, but they kind of did. And it was a different time for the Leafs. You know, like Riley was a first rounder ready to go. Uh, so they played, but with Sandine, first rounder, but they, they matured him nicely. Three seasons in the A, I think it's a, it was a good move. And he's playing with confidence now, which is unbelievable. And also a new puck moving defenseman, that doesn't have like the stigma of the guy who can't get it through the neutral zone. So I, you're right. San, Sandine been amazing. And you know what? I don't, and just on another note of, for rookies, not missing Nick Robinson at all. Robertson at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you made that point in a, a leaf episode too, that that was probably going to happen. We wouldn't miss him as much. Yeah. You know what the crazy thing I'm thinking about, about this Leafs team and we're in win now mode, obviously. So this is not an excuse for leaf haters. I'm, uh, I'm not saying that, but it's crazy that it used to be your prime was like, right, 27, 30 years right. old. You get that man strength. I mean, obviously, we're in win now mode, no excuses, but these guys are still so friggin' young. Like, they're, they're what, 10, almost 10 years younger than me? It's ridiculous. So I'm trying to have patience, but we, I mean, sick team. Let's go. You know what? I'm on board. Let's do this. Let's shift gears. Now, we got to stay loyal to the six, moving on to maybe Toronto's next big thing. And I mean that because the Blue Jays, they started their rebuild about two seasons after the Leafs did. Yeah. And the Leafs got really lucky. I mean, drafting Austin Matthews is a pretty awesome deal, especially when you look at where Patrick Laine is right now. But, and even Dubois, for that matter. But uh, the Blue Jays, young core, really gifted core. But we're starting to see some flaws with it. The Jays right now currently sit third in the East, which is probably a little bit less. I mean, I didn't think Boston would be as good as they are, and I didn't think Tampa would retain as much as yeah. they're retaining. But, uh, I, and I also didn't expect New York to be shit. Um, but New York is, like, falling apart. So, but the Jays are pretty in pretty good standing. They sit at 500 ball, 13 and 13. They're playing tonight. They're playing the Braves, who are kind of their rebuilding, like, brethren, right? Because, like, they kind of both started their rebuild around the same time. So it's interesting to see that these two teams play. I mean, this could be a World Series matchup, which sounds crazy because it's already happened and we know who won. But this could be a World Series rematch at some point in the next couple of years. Yeah, first off, the AL East, this is going to be a four-team close race. 
Like this is going to yeah. be crazy because you hit all the points about Yankees, Tampa, Boston. Um, so Jays are what one game under 500 right now. We lost to Washington last night. Right. Um, I'm man. I still got patience. Like it's still the beginning of the season. So I would have a more definitive answer when we're going to be doing a Jays episode, say in June, a bit later on, but I know we're going to get into Calvin, uh, Calvin and all that going on, but I'm, yeah. I'm still okay. They're not good right now. I'm not going to put them in the good category with Leafs, but I don't want to put them in the bad. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I have to, it's way too early in the season and we keep forgetting that the biggest off season signing George motherfucking Springer, the Springer yeah. dinger, you know, like this guy is finally making his, his debut. Well, he made his debut yesterday. Yeah. The, fa- the bottom line for this guy is he's going to need 10 to 15 games to warm up. He's probably going to DH most of the time, which pushes guys like Guerrero and Telez and even like even a guy like Panic. Like these guys who are in the lineup but also alternating in that DH role. If they play Springer at DH for the first 10 games back until he gets his legs back, or maybe he has the confidence that he needs to be. I'm okay with that because Gritchick is playing well in the in the in the uh, outfield. Uh, Hernandez just came back from the uh, COVID protocol. Yeah, there's enough, it. yeah. There's enough good things happening that we don't need to rush Springer in. Bo's heating up. Guerrero and had a three home run night, including a grand slam. This boy is here to play. I am so happy to see this guy heat up because he was starting the conversation of a possible bust. And there's no way that that could happen. Every level this guy's played in, he's excelled. There's no reason why he should hit a wall in the majors, especially from his pedigree. And I'm happy that he's starting to play. Yeah, complete turnaround. I mean, he's turning into a future MVP before our eyes. And it was such a a quick turn, which just shows you how good the talent actually is with Flatty. I'm so fired up. Everybody who doubted him owes him an apology. I was almost getting there to doubting him, but I had the faith. Let's go. Uh, he's going to reward it. You're right. Hernandez is going to be back. I mean, we've had 11 players or just over 11 players already on the IR. So it's been crazy. Pearson's going to be coming back. Uh, he's starting training. So you're right. It's positive. It's moving in the right direction. You're right. Defense has been suspect right totally. now, but they're young. It's still part of the pay, uh, plan. It's what they were working towards in spring training. So I don't think it's time to call it quits. Although the leash is getting a bit tight for some. Yeah. I mean, just some, some notes that I have on defense, uh, Boba looking like a subpar shortstop, which is unfortunate, but like, I, I, I feel really good about it. Like I actually want Boba to be horrible at shortstop because I think the move for him has to be the second base, uh, or even third base for that matter. I don't think short is a spot for him. A, he doesn't really have the size. He has good speed and he's athletic, but he doesn't really have the size to be a great shortstop. And you got two guys in the minors who are first rounders, top ten picks, and Josh Groshan and uh, my personal favorite Austin Martins. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Like trying to have some Austin love. Like there's gonna be hundreds of thousands of kids named Austin because of Austin Matthews and Austin Martin. Austin Martin is a five star, five tool, five star player. He's got size. He's got the bat. He's got amazing defensive skills. He's a go-to player. He's your shortstop of the future. You have Marcus Semyon, who is right now the veteran guy who's also swinging a decent bat. So I'm really happy with where they are. And yeah, defensively, they're not great. But like, look at all the, the movable parts. You have Semyon, who plays second and sometimes short and sometimes third. Uh, you got Vladdy, who's playing his second season, first full season at first, and still wants to play third. 
he, so he may play 10 games or less at third. You have Calvin, who's played second, outfield, everything first, and now he's playing third. I like it. I like him at third, but that throw is horrible. I, I don't know if you've seen the highlight. There's a highlight oh, reel yeah. Oh, yeah. of the amount of throws he can't make to the glove. So there's something to be said there. And, you know, you're starting a guy at third who may not have the experience level there. But Kevin's really the guy who I'm pulling for. He's older than the most of the core group, 27, old, turning 28 soon. Um, he really needs to make or break this season. This season has to be good for him. He's got a mediocre to, to uh, cold bat right now, and I just wish this guy could heat up a little bit. But speaking of cold bats, no one colder than fucking the backstop of the future, Mr. Danny Jansen. I am heartbroken. Danny Jansen cannot swing a bat. He couldn't catch a cold. What's going on with this guy? Ice cold when it comes to. Uh, yeah, both of our catchers um, have been disappointed i'm having a little bit of computer lag are you are you seeing that am i okay still yeah you're good brother sorry yeah we're just getting a little bit of a poor connection but i think we're gonna balance ourselves out yeah okay okay perfect <laughs> so yeah, yeah you you're pretty good. much okay you pretty much every hit uh hit every point on the head so i have written down our catchers have not been great both of them Kirk and Jansen, they have been disappointing. Um, defensively, you hit every point. I just wanted to quickly go on. Uh, Biggio, I think he's definitely a utility player, like you said. I think that Semyon is definitely serviceable at second base. And I think that um, Bichette, you give him way more time. Well, not way more time, but definitely a couple more weeks at shortstop. Because you're right, Austin is the future there. So I think... If he works himself out at shortstop, then it's a bonus because it's just going to look better and the plan's moving. Um, and if it doesn't work out, okay, then you move on. Right. Yeah, there's sorry, there's some technical difficulty, but I think we got all the points out there. I, you know, the Blue Jays are in a really good spot where they, they have some depth and they have some depth coming through. So I feel pretty good about the Jays overall. And I really think that this, this team's going to click. They are starting to click. They haven't clicked, but they're starting to click. And I think once they do and everyone kind of figures out their role and, you know, just swinging the bat, the competition, all that stuff, I think it's going to be a good spot. And the other point I want to make about the Jays, and it's, it's so weird. Like, what is Reese McGuire doing right now? Like, can they still get Reese McGuire? Because he might be the only option. Kirk and Jensen both, you know, swinging poor bats. So, you know, I'm hoping that it might be ideal to get him, uh, get like a, a third catcher or maybe even like, I don't really have a lot of catching depth. But maybe give another guy just like sit Jansen for like a week and just see how what happens. I get it. He's kind of the uh, elder statement when it comes to catchers, but it's unfortunate because I thought catching wouldn't wouldn't be an issue. But it seems like they they catching the, the batting the bats coming from the catching is really the issue. Also, I want to point out everybody and including us too were really weird and really worried about the Jays pitching. Steve Matz four and one four ERA, but four and one amazing. The best ERA in the majors. Something to tip our hat at. Fine, we don't have the all-star stud that we might need. But like you said, Pearson coming back, maybe there's some good things happening. That's going to be a pretty okay rotation, I think, overall. Uh, yeah, pitching was going to be our weakest part of the team this season, and it's been serviceable. Oh, and the lose you. Oh, you're losing me? No, no, you're good. You're back, you're back to good. I, I, I was wondering maybe if I took the video off, is it better for a bit? 
Sure, let's go for it. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say that the uh, pitching was going to be the weakest part of this team. So the fact that it's been serviceable right now and the batting's kind of being the weakest issue is giving me hope because I think we're going to be able to figure that out and uh, totally catching weakest part right now of the team. We got to do something moving forward because we can't give them too much more time, especially with the bats. I agree. And and let's wrap up the Jays. You know, if you want more Jays, check out the Jays edition happens uh, at the end of each month. We kind of do a recap of that month and get into it. The last thing I want to touch on my childhood hero, and I'm going to hold this picture up, um, you know, just because Roberto Alomar was the baseball player who got me into baseball. Always looked up to him. I wore number 12 as a kid. Uh, he was my favorite Blue Jay by far. Uh, those, those World Series uh, playoff wins, all that stuff. Roberto Alomar was my guy. Uh, news broke today that the Jays and Major League Baseball are severing all ties with Roberto Alomar because uh, of an outside source. Uh, not an outside source. I shouldn't say it like that. But um, uh, investigation firm has found that the allegations of Roberto Alomar and sexual misconduct in 2014 uh, happen to be true. Uh, and then, I mean, that's all the information they needed to several ties. It breaks my heart. Um, and, you know, Roberto Alomar is like a character. And I, I have like some a couple of great Alomar stories. One being my aunt's sister actually dated Roberto Alomar for a short time in the 90s, which is kind of crazy. Oh, crazy. This, this, yeah. The second side note is that um, my, my Blue Jay insider told me this crazy story about Roberto Alomar uh, when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014. And he was just like super happy of obviously, you know, being Puerto Rican and getting in. I think one of only two Puerto Ricans in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he, you know, he got liquored up and he was just like kissing and like making out with everybody in sight, man, woman, whatever. And he, he, I don't know if he's like openly bisexual or anything like that, but I've heard a lot of rumors about it. And if it is fine, I don't care. You know, you're still my hero, but, uh, you know, whatever, maybe you can just be like a front man for that. But unfortunately with these allegations breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for you, dude. I know he was your hero. I wasn't the biggest guy. My dad wasn't the biggest fan of all Alomar. I was more of a Carter kid. Um, but what he did for this team was undeniable. Um, and I was so happy when he came back to the organization. So this is definitely uh, a shitty moment. Um, and I mean, the fact that it's the allegations have been proven true, right? That's the one argument, you know, you're talking about Deshaun or any other athlete going through this is, uh, innocent till proven guilty. Well, they're pretty much saying he's guilty. So at what point do you yeah. separate ties? Yeah, no, you're not wrong, man. My man, it's you're right. It's uh, it is what it is, and you know, like, listen, you know, I know we're not all innocent in in our in our track life of our lives, and when you're an ultra superstar like Roberto Alomar, um, during the time where you get inducted to the Hall of Fame, it, it, it I, I can only imagine it's uh, it's 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 tough for him, his family, uh, everyone associated with him. You know, like Roberto Alomar does a lot of things. Like he's like an ambassador. Uh, uh, to of baseball in Puerto Rico, so he's kind of looked at like almost like a politician there, uh, you know. And of course, he has his own line of things. It, it's kind of crazy. I, I feel for I feel for everyone. Of course, the victim, but uh, as well as uh, Mr. Roberto as well. Uh, that being said, more to come on Jay's edition. Um, Bosh, shall we move on? Yeah, but I can't wait to do that Jay's edition and the Leafs edition. They're going to be coming probably within the next week or two, or coming weeks at least. Yeah, but yeah, that's so right. so we're going to move on to the Raptors. Um, they're definitely in the bad territory right now. If we're going to be following the title of this show. So Please. yeah, your raps 26 and 37. They're 12th in the East 2.5 games back. 
um, for the play-in round. If you've known the kind of new rules for the NBA playoffs, teams 8 to 12 uh, battle in a little tourney for the final playoff spot. They lost last night, man. It's not looking good. Their schedule is brutal coming up. Western road swing. So uh, I do not think that they're going to be making the playoffs. I don't know about you. Yeah. You know, uh, you saw the trade deadline, uh, what they did. Um, So I have to imagine that their plan, I mean, management's plan is that, you know, they might've thought they might've squeaked in at a seven or, or eighth seed. But when you're looking what the Nets did, bringing in Harden, I can't imagine them feeling too good about their chances and Milwaukee being strong again. Um, you know, the, the, there, there's a lot of moving, moving gears in this. So I feel like this season being in Tampa, being away from the fans, being away from like the comfort of, of the six, I think really played a part in the, in the Raptors season. And I, you know, I know this sounds crazy because there's been a whole season removed from their championship run, but I honestly think they're still in the championship hangover. I still think, I mean, I still think they're holding on to that. And what, what my biggest fear with the Raps are is that that's what they hold on to. You know, they, they keep looking around being like, yeah, we, you know, the losing season. But remember 2019, we had it because that 2019 is quickly being dismantled. And I think, you know, for, and who knows what happens in this offseason with Lowry because there's a lot of talk that Philly wants to sign him in the offseason on a one-year deal. So, if, I mean, I don't know what, what the answer is. I just think the Raps, you, you, you take this L, you, you, you retool, and then you come back next year. Oh, I was watching highlights actually the other day on Sportsnet of the championship season with fans in the crowd. Just unreal. Uh, I miss yeah. those moments. And, you know, this is going to be the first season, like officially after last night, that the team's going to finish below 500. It's the first time since 2012, 2013. That's Lowry's first Oh, wow. Season. Yeah. So, you know, not, not a great year. You're right. Not being at home. The hangover, because we played well. Uh, the season after the championship up until COVID hit, like the team was on a roll. So I just think it really sucks, but it's a perfect storm that kind of, and, and they went in full in for Giannis and that didn't work out. And that kind of set us back as well. That's why we lost to Baca and the big men. So you know what? They seem to be yeah, uh, you know, the back team right now. Yeah. You know, that's kind of heartbreaking with, with the, uh, the Giannis thing, because I, I honestly thought that move was going to happen. I honestly thought that they were going to get that. They did uh, too. So it, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't know why. I mean, I know that he has a big footprint in Milwaukee, but I can't imagine anybody wanting to call Milwaukee their career place. Yeah, well, you know what? That's that's our dream, right? As Toronto fans, like we're one of those markets in a lot of sports that are looked down upon, and people don't really know the real city. And when the guy gets here, you know, they're all positive talk. So in a way I'm, I'm happy. I obviously wanted him to come to Toronto, but I'm happy for Milwaukee and I'm happy for that type of organization to keep a, a star like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, what I want to ask you about the raps is, you, you know, a lot of youth in the team, a lot of upside. Do you, do you think, do you see anything happening in the off season to really boost this roster? Or do you think they're just going to like same idea that they did in 2019 homegrown and then maybe add an ultra superstar if they can, or something along that line, do you think they're going to grassroot it again? Or do you think they're going to try to sign some key people in the off season? Well, man, nobody knows what's going on with Masai. I, I think that's still the biggest answer. Like what, what our management is going to be heading into the off season. They've made some okay kind of depth signings, right? Ken Birch, Freddie Giuseppe. They've kind of shored up rebounds a bit for now, but 
Um, they're not permanent going forward. We do need a big man. Pascal Siakam does not seem to have that like killer instinct day, like night in night yeah, out. He, he, I don't know what's with that. He guy looks right? like he's taking it off. Yeah. So, uh, OG Ananobi has looked great. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. I want this guy to stay in Toronto. He has won me over. He's playing sick, 15.9 point per game average. He's injured right now with the bruised leg, but I, I could totally see this guy staying. Um, it, it's weird. I, I don't know where, like, I see everybody saying they want a top five pick right now for the wraps in the lottery. And yeah, that'd be great to get a sick young player like that. But does that mean that we're giving up? Then are we rebuilding? So it's, it's yeah, that, it's tough. I yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. What, see, the thing is, and you, that's a really good point. I, I totally forgot about the Masai stuff, but you know, they did shore up Bobby Weber, which is ideal. Yeah, but he's, you want Masai there. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah, you know, it's it's. I think it's gonna be real interesting to see what happens because next year, you know, you you probably go into the season with the Nets being the favorite out of the East again, depend regardless of what they do this year. Um, you look at the, you see the Nets coming out looking really good next year. The Knicks, I think, are going to be considerably better. Um, the Pacers are always kind of in that middle of the pack. You don't know what they're going to do. They're going to cause an upset or something. Uh, and then Milwaukee, of course, and Miami. You know, people forget about Miami too. Uh, and then the West is going to be a whole other beast. You're going to have a healthy Steph Curry and a, he- a healthy Clay Thompson. Like you're going to have a lot. The, it's going to be a banger next year. And I just can't see the Raps competing next year with what they what they have in the cupboards and what they could possibly out of the draft. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a couple of lean years for the Raptors before they can they can be competitive again. Yeah, definitely. I mean we have to even rebuild the bench, which is what we were known for the bench mob. I mean that's true. La- last night the bench only scored nineteen points as a whole. I mean that's brutal. No. You you need you need at least thirty points from your bench to win a game in the NBA today. Yeah, exactly. Denver had forty six points. And you're talking about the West. And I mean we talked about it on nothing but miss that I do with Melky. Denver with Jamal Murray, who's injured right now, it's they're uh, lights out. I mean, both LA teams. I can't wait for Western uh, basketball playoffs. And then the East. You mentioned those teams, but what if Lowry? You're right. Goes to Philly or Miami. Those guys, they might be right up there with Brooklyn, depending on the, how off seasons go. Yeah, you know, I think the, the big thing that Lowry can bring to a team like uh, like Philly is a the experience and the run but also the work ethic you know you have Embiid who's like you can't tell with this guy whether he's going to play a full season or if he's going to play 25 games you like Embiid, Embiid is, is like such um oh, I don't know what I he is like such a wild card for Philly that I can't I, if he goes if Lowry goes to Philly he instantly becomes a captain and he runs that team like he ran the Raptors him and, and Kawhi ran the Raptors because Philly needs a leadership yeah, no kidding. So pretty much overall, what we're saying is Raptors management going into the offseason. That's the biggest question mark for us right now. And uh, kind of the whole team is a question mark. Yeah, you're right. All right. Moving on uh, before before I, I, we jump off from that, if, if people like our basketball rant, where can they find more of basketball on the network? Yeah. Shout out to our show. Nothing but miss. Um, four episodes in, I do that with Melky. Um, it's about once a month, actually once every, uh, three weeks right now. It, it's a blast. It's mainly Raptors focus for half the episode and the rest is just general NBA talk and, uh, some Kobe moments this year to, to honor the great one as well. So everybody check that out. If you love basketball, it's a blast. Very good. Moving on. Uh, we're talking about some championship teams in the city. No better than your 2018 
MLS champion, the Toronto FC. Bog, give us a, give us a breakdown. Yeah, so I'm going to go into them, and I'm going to give them a, a good pass right now, a good vote. A couple of positive vibes going on. We got a new coach. Greg Vanny left in the offseason. Uh, he wanted to go home, and then he took another job. So our new head coach is Chris Armis. He's a former MLS player and a hell of a good one at that. I mean, a former MVP. Before he took the job with TFC, he was the New York Red Bulls coach, and he was actually assistant coach to a guy named Jesse Marsh, who's now going to become the Leipzig big German coach. So this is a great coaching development organization, Red Bull, uh, what they run, and I think this guy's going to be a great coach for us. Another positive, uh, we just signed a international Jefferson Sotel- Soteldo. This guy yep. is short, 5'2", but he's going to play like Gio. I mean, dribbling, speed, creative. He's a winger, but you know he can play the attacking mid position. I'm really fired up to see because we definitely needed a guy on that left side. So I, I actually think that TFC is going to be pretty competitive this year. Yeah, I, I like it too. And I mean, it was pretty heartbreaking what happened to him last year in that wacky yeah. season. And then, of course, the year before, kind of the sleepers that ended up in the finals. So th- this team has a good pedigree of, of uh, winning behind it, especially in recent years. So I, I'm really excited for this upcoming season. I think this is probably my, my most invested season in a long, long time. Um, well, at least in, in four years. And, yeah. of course, the big, their other big signing that you mentioned, that you didn't mention. Yes, yes. A uh, little humorous positive note for everybody. TFC signs Ali Gator to a short-term deal. Now, if you haven't seen this, folks, go online, check out this video. It's on their TFC Twitter or YouTube. They're doing a training session down in Florida, the team, and they get interrupted by one of the most massive Gators you're going to see that comes walking onto the pitch. There's video of the players freaking out, running up to it. I mean, pretty jokes all around. Yeah, that Gator looked like he ate... He ate the new uh, Jefferson, Jefferson uh, um, Sotelo. Sotelo. Yeah. Soteldo. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And you know what? Just just a complete win for uh, social media teams for our organizations, especially nowadays when uh, that stuff's so important and it gets you recognition. Like I listen to an English football uh, podcast, The Daily Ramble, and even they were talking about it across the pond. Oh, cool. I like that. Shout out to TFC. Yeah. Well, speak. Speaking of across the pond, uh, we'll, we'll get into what what I is, what I like to uh, classify as my hidden passion in Toronto sports. Mm-hmm. That, that's right, the Toronto Wolfpack. Oh, now, Bob, the last time mm-hmm. we did one of the pack were dead in the waters, and yeah. that comes. Those were the exact words from the general manager. Wow. Um, yeah, as heartbreaking as it is. Um, the Wolfpack seemed to be just a thing of the past. And I'm not even kidding you when I tell you, I started packing up my Wolfpack things, saying to myself, well, in 20 years, this will be pretty ironic, like a Toronto Roadrunners jersey or something like that. And I, you know, I was so heartbroken because I had put so much into this team. And for those, again, if you're the first time listening, welcome. But most importantly, if you don't know what the Toronto Wolfpack is, the Toronto Wolfpack is the first ever Atlantic pro sports uh, transatlantic pro sports team they played in the english rugby league and they they're based in toronto so teams would come to toronto play they would go back to england play they play six or seven weeks or eight weeks in canada they pay eight weeks or uh, ten weeks in in the uk uh based out of manchester when they're there 
And it, it became an issue when the money started running out because it can't be cheap to fly teams over, even though they had a sponsorship with Air Transat. How's these teams? How's these players? You know, it, it, it was a very difficult situation. The long and short of their end of their run in the, uh, the RL, the English Rugby League, was that um, they had the ability to get basically a grant from the English. The English government during COVID started handing out money to all clubs except for the Toronto Wolfpack because it's obviously based in Canada. The Canadian government definitely wasn't doing anything to help them. Uh, and so it came down to a vote of, of the, of the, from the governors of the league, and they voted not to allow the Wolfpack to advance to their ultimate goal, which was a Super League. They got denied, and they had a, 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 one of their minority owners step up and say, hey, if you allow us into Super League, I'll pay all the debt. I'll pay all, everybody who hasn't been paid, but we have to be granted that. They still said no, which just goes to show that the, the English version of the Rugby League is dying a slow death. You look over in Australia, it's blooming. Even in places like Italy and France, it's blooming. And just this year, the creation of the NARL, the not after rugby league. No, I'm kidding. Not no. The North American <laughs> Rugby League. And this, the Toronto Wolfpack will find a home there. They're going to have their own Canadian division with their with their brand new expansion cousin, the Ottawa Aces, or the Stags. I can't. Uh, I think it's the Ottawa Stags. But uh, they'll be the two teams in the Canadian division. They're looking to have three more teams in Canada, uh, as well as New York has a team. Portland, like there's tons of teams all over the U.S. Uh, where rugby, collegiate rugby is very popular. And this is a great news, new league. Uh, and I think the Wolfpack, even though they probably won't retain any of their players uh, from previous years, I think there's a certain level of expectation with the fan base. So I think they will be able to sign some pretty decent players and, and get back to their championship ways. Wow, yeah. that was a mouthful. <laughs> no, that was sick. Good job. Yeah, um, it's awesome what happened to them because it was so unfortunate. They were definitely a team that um, really relied heavily on fan support um so it's unfortunate what happened the first time around but you're right this narl is going to be a blast it if you haven't checked out this sport it is great weekend watch grab a drink sit down it's entertaining as hell these guys are crazy yeah i mean if just a a little like i don't i don't like american football but rugby just seems to it there's, it's not slow. It's always moving. Now, I don't know what kind of style overall. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, if, it, if it's going to adapt a lot of the English game, which is still a, a quick game. There's a little bit more hitting and holding as opposed to the Australian game, which has a lot more hitting and not so much holding. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But this, this team is going to be uh, – this league is going to be pretty interesting. And if you already know a little bit about rugby, uh, it's it's – the people who are running it used to run the A uh, A M N R L, um, which was basically like a American only league. But anyways, long story short, it's exciting news. It gives it the chance for um, the the Wolfpack fan, the Wolfpack fan base that was so loyal, give them a chance to uh, to to cheer on this team. Although it's going to be a very different team. The point of the, the matter. Of the point is, we back, baby. Let's go. Ah. Yeah, that's it. Congrats to the fans. I mean, just another sport where Toronto needs to be on top, our domination. Yes, let's take it. All right. 
the last little bit of, of info we have here, and we'll probably just we'll probably split this. This is the CFL. Uh, I mean, we. I don't really follow the CFL. Um, I know that the Argos like have the most championships. I think, but that's yep. about all I know. Yeah. Mm. But so much talk. I love the XFL and the XFL CFL. There seems to be something happening here now. Initially, the CFL came out and said that they were just they were talking about talking to the XFL. The CFL needs money. They have they have no capital. The XFL has capital, but they don't really have the foundation. So this looks like a perfect marriage. How they're going to do it? I now I am on all the fan boards when it comes to the XFL. I'm in the XFL culture. Um, the St. Louis Battlehawks are my team, and if they merge, yeah, go Houston. Now, yeah, you know, like now for those who don't know, Ba was a huge Houston Roughnecks fan. I was a Battlehawks fan. And they, they were the two teams lined up to play the championship game. The game never happened. Thanks, COVID. Another life ruined. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so even if, even if the, I don't know how they would merge because there are different rules. And, I, and I, I don't know how you felt about it, but I really felt the XFL presentation was, was at the level of the NFL. But also, the, new, the rule changes I found were exciting. They kept the game moving. I like how the CFL has a game moving. It's not as slow. It's kind of like a hybrid between CFL and college football, which is pretty quick overall, but not the slow presentation that the NFL is. Yeah, first off, The Rock can do no wrong. I mean, this guy wins That's all true. around. Future president, Dwayne Johnson. Yep. Yep. Um, my mom and I, massive Argo fans. I've, I've fallen behind a bit, but I want to give a shout out to them because their social media team, their new uniforms, the vintage look, Pinball Clemens, just they've killed it this offseason, even though I know the CFL has kind of been on halt. But this is such a huge win. Uh, we were pumped doing the XFL, our little fantasy thing going on. Go Houston, yeah. like I said. So I would love the Argos to get more support because they have been in dire straits for years now where the CFL was almost pulling a Arizona and they were almost going to finance the team to keep it alive because the support wasn't there. And it's unfortunate because you're right. They have the most wins, but not the fans that die hard like Hamilton or Edmonton. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I get Hamilton, right? Like Hamilton doesn't have anything. I mean, they, they had an AHL franchise. Now they have an OHL franchise. But the, other than the Thai Cats, they don't really have anything pro. I get, yeah. I get, like I get, you know, places like Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, uh, uh, you know, like I, I, and even like the, the Maritimes team that's supposed to happen too. Like I totally get all those things, um, and and that's a very Canadian thing. And the XFL, it's in market. Like, yes, it's in New York, New Jersey, but it's also in markets like St. Louis that doesn't have a pro team. Um, you know, like, I guess Houston, uh, Houston has a uh, pro team at Dallas, right? Because they have a pro team, uh, an NFL team, I should say, but you know, like there, there are cities and States that need, uh, a pro team and, and the XFL fits that bill. You don't have to mimic the NFL because to be honest, the NFL is in its second or third straight season of down ratings. Yep. What does that, what does that tell you? It tells you people are interested in other things. I'm a massive Philly Eagles NFL fan. And people, they only play 15 minutes of actual playtime during an NFL game. That's three hours long. Between all the whistles, advertisement, commercials, time it yourself. It's about 15, 20 minutes of actual playtime. That's why the game's dying. But the, the problem with Toronto and the CFL is that it's a city that needs a team to help support the CFL because it's the biggest city uh, financially-wise in the country. But 
Toronto thinks of itself as an American city. And most of our um, fans of football follow the NFL. They wanted Buffalo. They wanted their own expansion team into the NFL. So it, it was almost like you couldn't win in Toronto with the CFL team. Now with the XFL, like you're saying, American teams, bigger exposure, more of an international flavor. I, I think it's a way better chance. Yeah. And, and when it comes down to the, the on all the, all those, uh, they're all taught. They're all like, cause like I'm on, I'm on an XFL group on Facebook and uh Battlehawks group. Uh, and all of them are freaking out about three downs and so paranoid. <laughs> you can't ruin like, three downs will ruin the game. You're going to be punting every other play, blah, blah, blah. Dude. You're okay. If you watch the two last break cups and you know, one thing that really bothers me about the NFL and it's not even like the propaganda that is the NFL. It's not the fact that they have like these, you know, like I'm going to say like people who constantly get busted for steroids, constantly get busted for illegal substance, beat their wives, beat their kids. Like there are a lot of bad publicity that happens. I'm not talking about that propaganda. What, like what really bothers me is like the brainwashing that they've done to the, like the American people about like how, great the sport actually is sports like if you look at the last couple not the last one but the maybe the last couple of, of uh, super bowls not really exciting there's been like one or two exciting super bowls and the rest of just have to be blowouts you watch the last couple great cups they're all within one touchdown or one field goal of, of each other they're much more exciting games there's much better scramble on the field so at the end of the day the cfl has a decent product if they, if it starts to be adapted in the XFL, I, there's things are really, I like the, the three different field goal points in the, in the XFL. Um, you know, I, I thought that was like a, a nice adjustment. I like some of the different rule changes. Yeah. So there has it, to be some median thing. Well, you just got to enough with the old men running these leagues and so like scared of change. Like I don't want fighting out of hockey and I want to have some, you know, the baseball, just the unwritten rules. I love all that stuff as well, but sometimes progress needs to be made. Hate to say it. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the CFL does have the legacy of the long professional league in North America. And I think that's something special too. Yeah. So, need, you know, I, I hope whatever happens. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know the Rock played in the CFL too. He gets it. The Rock is half Canadian. He gets it. So like at the end of the day, you know, I hope that they can find some kind of agreement that both sides and both sides fan bases are happy with. I would really love uh, a CFL, NFL, sorry, CFL, XFL, American League, National League thing where you know the rules are maybe adjusted. So that maybe when you're playing an XFL team, you have the different field goals or you play with three downs. I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is exactly, but I hope there's some modification that happens so that both these great leagues can actually be a viable force against the evil, no fun league. Yeah, go Argos, go. I want to see that A hmm. around the world. <laughs> Let's go Battlehawks. Kaka! <laughs> i i am dropping, by the way i am dropping houston if argos are, are an option that's just uh of course well we need we really need to see what happens with what do you uh, mean what the layout is because you know like, you're allowed to have an american league team and a national league team like you're allowed to have those two what teams so if it's two you don't have like a national league favorite team in baseball oh 
No, if the Jays aren't in it, there are teams that I hate less than others. I might be okay. Same with football, man. Come on. You don't, so you don't have a West Coast team that you like? In any sport? Uh, no. Like, like, like in hockey. Like you don't have like, like I like the Oilers. I mean, I don't like the Oilers this year, but I like the Oilers overall as my, my West Coast team. And like my National League team, like I've always liked the Mets. Even when I was a kid, I, I just liked the Mets. So okay, okay. I, I like so, the Mets. Yeah, all right. So I guess uh, for NFL, I'm a Philly fan, but I don't mind cheering for Miami because it's my little brother's team. And then um, just because uh girlfriend and I have family out there, I found myself cheering for Calgary every now and then over the years. So I'll say Calgary. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not saying like I t- like there's no teams that I cheer for greater than what I cheer for a Toronto-based team. But there's teams that I like that, you know, whatever. I'm not, I, I, would, I wouldn't be opposed to wearing, like, a Mets hat in public, you know what I mean? Anyways. Well, there's definitely teams I hate less than others. <laughs> Listen, I, I love and respect <laughs> that, Bob. I love and respect that. Yeah. Okay. With that being said, did we miss anything in Toronto sports? Uh, I don't think so, buddy. We covered all the big ones. I mean, call us out if we miss something, people. Totally. And do you <laughs> think the Blue Jays will be playing in Toronto this season? Man, that's so tough. I've actually been fighting with that question. I want to say yes, but with what's been happening in Ontario, man, I'm not positive. Yeah, I have to agree. All right. Now, the other thing I want to ask you, I want to throw it. I want to throw it out on this as opposed to Leaf Edition. But let's just say it happens this year, and the Leafs raise Sir Lord Stanley's Cup. Yep. What would happen for a parade? Would you have to do the Lake Ontario thing where people get in boats in Lake Ontario and the Leafs drive, they, they float around with a cup? Like, what would happen for a parade? Um, I assume when I wake up seven days later, I'd have no idea what happened. <laughs> so it's, it's hard. It's, I will be floating in an inflatable donut with a mini Stanley yes. cup full of alcohol down Lake Ontario. Yes. That's what I'll tell yes. you. <laughs> I, have, I, will be. I have told every job, El Jefe, every job, <laughs> 12 years old, my first job delivering papers. I have told all of them, if the Leafs win the cup, uh, mm. cup and you don't let me go to the parade, that's the day I quit. It doesn't. Matter. It doesn't matter. I'll be with you, buddy. I'll, I'll be the one. I'll, you know what? You'll you'll be the chick from Titanic. I'll be Jack, and we'll we'll be linked arm in arm, cheering for the Leafs. And when the time comes, that's my swan song. You just let me go, float to the bottom of Lake Ontario, and you just go on with your life, thinking about how great it was when the Leafs won the cup. Yeah, I see myself surviving that too. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the nation, this is the good, the bad in Toronto. That's Ball Walker. I'm Anthony L. Hefe. This has been the best 50 minutes of your life. Go Leafs, go. Let's go Blue Jays. Let's go Raptors. Let's go TFC. Come on now. Wolfpack, don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. If you do, you'll find yourself in a body bag. Let's do this, baby. Rip the shirt. Let's go. Go Toronto, go. Go Toronto, go. Peace, everybody. Fuck me, right? Peace.